Mr. Zinger, three things. I'm writing them down, as you can see. I see that. We don't need to go down a rabbit hole. I get to tell a story, though. Okay. Nick told a story, and you're probably going to tell a story. I'm going to tell a story. Okay. So one of the reasons why... Oh, we're out of time. Make, making... <laughs> <laughs> Metalworking Nation. Now you're seeing what happens when the mics are turned off. I just get abused. Let's go. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metalworking Nation. This is Making Chips where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts. Let's make some chips. Welcome, manufacturing leaders. I'm your host, Jim Carr. Today, we are coming to you from the beautiful MXD facility in Goose Island, Chicago. Love this place. It's our home away from home. Jason cries a lot, so we have to come down here to meet him it instead is of beautiful, recording it. I just think it's equitable for you to, you know, like, yeah, we recorded no, in Chicago some. My wife actually asked why. You just got done telling me how beautiful I look, and now you're going to insult me and say I I'm did crying. not say that. No, it's totally fair that two-thirds of the time we go where Jason needs us to go, and then, you know, one-sixth of the time we visit Rockford That's at not our true actual at headquarters. Not true. <laughs> not true. <laughs> anyway, I'm sitting here with these two crazy co-hosts of mine. I don't know how I'm... These wild and crazy these, kids. These guys that I've been hanging around with for years now. And we truly appreciate you guys listening to us. We trust we can equip and inspire you to make positive changes in your life and your business and anything else you want to. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually surprised at over 300 and some episodes that you still want to listen to us. Yes, but we thank you. <laughs> Today, I'm going to share with you, the Metalworking Nation, what I tell my employees, peers, friends, and relatives. Find your passion and you will have a very successful and fruitful career. Mm-hmm. I agree with that sentiment, Jim. I remember the one thing that my dad always repeated back to me, especially when it was very early on in my career. And he always told me, I've had a couple bad days. But in general, yes. he really enjoyed what he did. Absolutely. You know? And there's something to be said about that. And that's one of the things that I always try to talk to my team about is like, I want you to really enjoy coming to work. Like, you have to. Right. I found this out way too late in life like I have with most everything else I've done in my career. So... That's why I preach this often, especially to young people that I... But you've you been know, involved in your business for a long time. So. I have, but I never realized what my true passions were until later in life. And I'm going to go... When you met Jason and no, I? Not, no, nothing to do with Jason. <laughs> Are you talking about your passion for fashion? Or no, your obsession no, with recessions? Just, that is not a passion, but I'm going to share those with... We are all going to share... Is this all going to be about you? No. Oh, okay. We are all going to share what our passions are, and we're going to break it down and share with the Metalworking Nation. Ooh, this nice. is going to be interesting. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, I love to put a formal definition out there before we talk about it. So, definition of finding your passion is following your passion means exploring areas that spark your interest, developing your skills in a specific area and using those skills to contribute to something beyond yourself. So nice. just let that resonate, you right? You always have a definition. I do always. There's, I, there's even a, defi a definition for finding your passion. <laughs> there is. It sets the stage of what is yet to come. And I, I like to say that because I want people to think about it and then we're going to talk about it. 
So what's new in your businesses, guys? Nick, anything new and exciting at uh, Amy? Hennig? Yeah, at Hennig, tell me. We, we probably have to expand again. I yeah. was just telling you guys we have this part of our business that's kind of separated from the machine tool world. Mm-hmm. We use a lot of machine tools to produce it, but we build these big enclosures for backup power generation mm-hmm. systems. And um, yeah, we just keep having to expand our building and try to find enough people. And it's an adventure. It's a yeah. good one. It's a good one. Yeah. Just uh, go slow. Manage the growth. It's weird because there, I, I was telling you guys, like there is no sales required. This is a particular perfect storm where the demand is just so high that all the suppliers who do what we do can't really service it. And mm-hmm. so nice it's place to like, be. Yeah, who's going to expand the yeah. fastest? I, 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 I wish but your family the best. The hardest part isn't building new buildings or getting more machine tools. It's finding more people. Yeah, that's a big problem. Yeah. Jason? Well, I've shared that the vision that I have for my company involves acquiring other distribution businesses. You know, I kind of want to have this portfolio, small family portfolio, my wife and I, of these distribution businesses. And I did something that I don't like to do, and it's not in my heart usually, but I said no to an acquisition that I was working on. Just couldn't come to terms with the owner of the company. Oh, you didn't like him? No, it was just... Was he ugly? No, it was was just... We couldn't come to terms on the sell price. And... I'm not surprised. You drive a hard bargain. You're yeah. you're very cheap too. No, it's not that. I I want to oh, pay. I want to create a win-win, and I want to <laughs> do what's fair. But at some point, you just have to say, "Is this worth moving forward with?" Wait, did you knock him in the stomach and say, "I am only going to give you fifty percent of what you want"? No, no. here. I'll, no, I'll I bet you that. did. I'm going to describe how okay. it went because we know how you are, dude. You're really says, cheap. That is not true. The guy yes, says, says "You just tried to." Well, first of all, it wasn't a guy. Okay, well, the the, oh, the oh. individual says, you know, I'm going to need 500 grand. And Jason says, I'm going to give you 500 bucks. <laughs> and then he goes, how about we meet in the middle? And Jason goes, I'm going to give you a thousand bucks. Nick, I would not be surprised. So, so tell no, us about how you just morally didn't feel like you needed this business. No, no, no. It, Nick, it wasn't quite like that. So I will explain exactly what happened. So the dollar amount... I was fine with. Okay. But she wanted all she? of the cash up front. Oh, okay. And so it was I, the structure. It was of the, the structure trip. of how it was built. And I wanted to have some variability in it because it was a smaller business. And mm-hmm. from my standpoint, I felt a lot of the success going into the future really had to do with how well we can make the transition yep. with that person being the leader of that company for decades. Oh. And you don't know exactly how customers are going to react to that. Yeah. So I wasn't willing to take a risk and just say, here's $500,000 up Go front. On, take the money and run. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, And I had to say to her, and for that reason, I'm out. Oh, Did you cry? No, I didn't cry. One of the things my dad always says is that there's always another opportunity. Absolutely. You know? so, we and do I'm the not same gonna, thing with customers. I'm not going to stress myself out over it. Oh my you know God. What I mean? No way. Don't worry about it. You're going to live. Exactly. Exactly. It's not about money for me. So, Oh, it's about money for you. We know you better than that. No, that's not. <laughs> when have I, well, when have well, I, I mean, ever literally you gave the, money? the reason, which was about money. No, it was about like the structure, structure, the structure of the money. money. <laughs> no, okay. but it was about the risk. Oh, okay. It was gotcha. about the risk gotcha. of the money. We're ripping you up today. I know. That's okay. I could take it. I got broad shoulders. I know. But yeah. you are crying a little bit. I can see you tearing up. I wanted to get this done, and I do feel bad when you guys make fun of me. But, okay. You know, it's all right. It's, I guess Jim's getting tables, uh, nine years of payback all yeah, at once. The, the, <laughs> I was just going to say the tables can turn, and I guess I could be the brunt of the jokes for one episode. So, 
<laughs> so oh, come boy. on, tear into me. I <laughs> take <right>. it. <laughs> no more tears from Zanger. So we're going to hey, move on. Let's talk about our passions, not our not what makes us cry. Yeah, well, before we get to that, I have a few more things to get to before I... T- Should I expect this in the future when you host yes, show, Jim, is that I'm going to get yes, torn up? He's yeah. getting excited. Yeah. I can yeah. see it. He's bouncing Retirement's around. in my future, you know? <laughs> so I got to get it all out on the table before I leave. I'm going to be the real me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So this manufacturing news I have is pretty relevant. I shared it with my team at Car the other day. I thought that was pretty impactful the other day when Biden signed that China competition bill to boost U.S. Ship. Have you seen this? Is yes. this the one that doubles the size yeah. of the IRS? No. This is the one that puts $52 billion into semiconductor companies for manufacturing of these semiconductors. because oh, if you're Yay. not making chips, you're not making money. Absolutely. Ha ha. And I told my team, I said, you know, well, they're like, well, we really don't make semiconductors. And I'm like, yeah, but the fact is that they're earmarking 52 billion B with a B yeah. to create jobs and resources to You actually have the- like the perfect shop for this industry. Like the t- type of machinery that you have is perfect for semiconductor work. We do work in the semiconductor yeah. industry, right? Yeah. It's not making those little chips. No, but we might make of the course, auto- automation, we, automation, and everything. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And it creates jobs, it creates wealth, yeah. it creates a lot of good things. So, is this bill going to directly affect car? But typically, the semiconductor stuff is, you know, not huge, like right. large form right. stuff. The, so, the fact is, they want to be more competitive against China because we all know what happened before the pandemic. Everyone, all these domestic OEMs were sourcing these semiconductors from overseas. The pandemic hit, it killed the supply chain, and then everyone went, and we ah, just, we just we talked about now? it Thanks on the history lesson. Yes. We just welcome. talked about it about like the same thing with natural gas and Yes, exactly, Nick. I know it's very highly automated. Where are they gonna find the people to do I don't all know. This? That's another problem. So one other thing that I found that was really cool as I was preparing for this episode, I kind of randomly fell upon this. It's from NAM, which we all know it's the National Association for Manufacturers. Eighteen top facts you should know about manufacturing. So I'm just going to read them off really quick. I think some of them I was a little surprised at. Number one, manufacturers contributed $2.77 trillion annually to the U.S. economy based on Q1 2022 data. So this is relatively new data, right? Mm. For every $1 spent in manufacturing, there was a total impact of $2.68 to the overall economy. That's 268%, right? And that's the biggest multiple of any industry, I believe. It's not it's the not? biggest. Click the click the positive. Including indirect and induced impacts for oh, every $1 okay. spent. There was a total of $2.66. Because you guys did an episode on this multiplier a long Jason time Jason did this a while back. This was really powerful. Yeah. This figure represents one of the largest sectoral multipliers in the economy. In the private sector, only mining is $2.84, and transportation and warehousing are $2.73%, have a higher multiplier. The mining one makes sense, but the transportation warehousing, that doesn't make sense because transportation warehousing is usually a byproduct of these other ones, not necessarily the actual contributor. Does yeah. that make sense? Eh, kind so of. So I'd have to look. We don't want to spend too much. No, we don't want to go down a rabbit hole. I'm just, the majority of manufacturing firms in the United States are quite small. I yeah. believe that. Yeah, that I makes totally sense. believe that. And there's more to it. You can find this on NAM's website. The manufacturing sector employed 12.83 million workers in July of 2022. That's huge. Manufacturing employees in the U.S. earned 92832 on average in 2020, including pay and benefits. Yeah, right? Pretty good. 
and wait till my benefits episode comes out, or it probably I think will it have did, had yeah. come out before this one's aired. But that's I totally believe that. Six. 95% of manufacturing employees were eligible for health insurance benefits in 2020. Seven, there were 790,000 manufacturing jobs open in June. By 2030, 4 million manufacturing jobs will likely be needed. Number nine, U.S. manufactured goods exports totaled nearly $1.2 trillion in 2020. Number 10, manufactured goods exports have grown substantially. 11. World trade and manufactured goods have expanded strongly over the past couple of decades. 12. World trade and manufactured goods has more than doubled. 13. Manufacturing in the U.S. would be the eighth largest economy in the world. 14. Foreign direct investment in U.S. manufacturing reached nearly $1.9 trillion in 2020. 15. Affiliates of foreign multinational enterprises employed nearly $2.5 trillion. Jason's yawning over here. We're going to call this okay. Sleepy Time Reading with, G- with Uncle Jimmy. The big Do you get the list. picture? I get the picture. Okay, good. You can count sheep or you can count items off of Jim's list. Either so, way, you're falling asleep. I thought that was a great fun fact, and I didn't mean to yeah. bore you with and it. And by I just, fun, he means really boring. Yes. Well, <laughs> it was a fun fact. I you thought. had me I'm at the first kidding. 10, Jim. Yeah. Just kidding. Well, I only missed it by three then. Yeah. We're so, just cutting up. We're just va- cutting up today. It was a valiant effort. Getting a little punchy. Let's talk about finding your passion, because at the end of the day... If you're not passionate about what you are doing, you're just not sad. living your full potential in life. It's sad because you should be passionate about you it. You should be. We get one life on this earth. You don't want to be like yep. not living out. Yeah. Your passion one of the things the I always time. tell people is like, I love manufacturing, obviously, but I just like being able to lead and manage a company and dealing with the people and being able to make an impact on people. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I want have a footnote in this a disclaimer. I'm not a therapist or a consultant. I'm just sharing what I've learned over the decades of our experiences and our experiences together. So Nick. Yes. Give me three things that you're passionate about. Um, Jason, start thinking. I'm passionate about my spouse. We've been, Oh, that's cute. You know, best friends. I'm being honest. We've been kind of like dating in my whole life. I've had one girl my whole life and okay. I really like spending time with her. And cool. you know, as an extension of that, the whole, the family we've created together. Yep. Yeah. She doesn't feel the same way, but that's okay. Yeah. You know, that's the hard part. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you'll bridge that gap eventually when you're like 80. Yeah. They, now we've had these kids and they soak up all of our time. And now um, the second thing, man, you put me on the spot. So the second thing I would say, this family business that we've had for generations is really important to all of us. And I'm passionate about that team that we have, not just the family, but the people who become the family with us. Yeah. You know, good. I like it. Like there's many Golners involved and then there's many people who you kind of already know in the next 15, 20, 30 years, you're going to be leading that company with them. And mm-hmm. so you're doing life with those people. And that's fun. And you're growing a business together. And a little sidebar, but we had one of these like family meetings recently. And it was like, what do you guys want to be when the company grows up? You know, and it wasn't like about a number or a KPI or anything. It was like more like, I just want to be surrounded by people like, and I made a long list of people mm-hmm. because the number is going to happen if you've got that culture in that team and, and you're going to enjoy doing it. So the family business, my wife, and number three, I really like content marketing. Hmm. I like being creative. I was an artist before I got into manufacturing. So I like creating things that other people can really enjoy and appreciate that kind of come from within your mind and your heart and, and use your creativity to inspire other people. So cool. thank you, Mr. Zanger. 
Three things. I'm writing them down, as you can see. I see that. We don't need to go down a rabbit hole. No, I, I get to tell a story, Bullet, though. bullet, bullet. Okay. Nick told a story, and you're probably going to tell a story. I'm going to tell a story. Okay. So, one of the reasons why... Oh, we're out of time. Make, make you... <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've received an extension <laughs> go ahead tell your story <laughs> i just get metalworking nation you have no idea what happens at, now you're seeing what happens when the mics are turned off i just get abused well <laughs> i'm not dead yes, okay tell your story you're out of jim's not the nice guy that you all think he is so one of the reasons why making chips even exists in the first place is i am very passionate about theology which would be the study of god and I got into being a listener of podcasts because I wanted to increase my knowledge of all things related to God, why we're on this earth, the evidence for God. And I thought to myself after listening to all these other podcasts, why isn't there a podcast for manufacturers? And that's when I came to you, Jim, and I was like, we need to start this yep. after we were on that radio show. So I'm trying to make a long story short. So theology, God would be number one. I would put them in kind of in the same bucket, um, my wife and my family, definitely. Okay. And just how do I make the most of being the best husband and father that I could possibly be? Okay. And then I guess the third thing, I do love business and leadership and management and everything involved in that. And just like, how do you be a better leader for, for the Let's company? Let's just say business. You just okay, like business. Just business. Yeah, business. there you go. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, and so, tennis. No, you only get three. Jim's punching this into his passion calculator. Yes, I am. Oh, and weightlifting. You can't have five. I asked for three. You only picked three. So we got, we got, I mean, I could go on for, you just I broke could, the I could, calculator, I could, Jason. Put, I could put 20 things down, right? There's a lot of, but mine are, I really like weightlifting though. So do I. I've been working out my entire life. There you go. Who's more Jack? <laughs> Jason, probably. <laughs> should, should I'm go, 17 should... years older than him too. Um, anyway. May I share my three passions with you, you guys? And you, pro you probably know what they I'm are already. My Jim, what are you passionate about? I'm passionate about music. Cool. I'm passionate about marketing. And I'm passionate about manufacturing. And I think you know that already about me. Absolutely. You, yeah. I've been around long enough that you know those three things about me. And they all kind of go together. Wah, wah. I didn't pick my spouse or my family. You know, I didn't pick God. But, you know, that's great. <laughs> yeah, well. Jason's cracking they're up. They're not listening to the podcast. I know they're not. Exactly. Well, you were just so, talking about true. how you Those are my passions. And those are things that really make me happy. So let's go back. Well, you and just I know I've shared it all with you two, and I know I've shared it with this with the manufacturing, uh, the metalworking nation for as long as I've been doing this podcast, and I'm going to share it again. And I told you guys, all of you, that back when my dad came to me in the very early 80s, it was probably 79, and asked me if I wanted to have a career in manufacturing, I mean, I said yes, but I don't necessarily know if it wasn't my father coming to me and saying, do you want to work in the family business? If I would have accepted it, or if I would have accepted manufacturing. You kind of like acquired the taste for that oh, passion, 100%. right? I did. And Jim, I was the exact same way. It's like, I okay. didn't know what my dad did. And I accepted this just knowing that he was filled right. by it. And then I, I could build upon that. It was an opportunity. And I think that we all have opportunities placed in front of us at some times. And we have to really sometimes think it through hard and make that decision right then and there. And then hopefully that decision is a positive one and fruitful, right? Well, can so, I make an observation that... Not yet. None of us said we're passionate about making money. 
No, no. You know what I mean? Money, and I think money yeah, is only I mean, the it's, outcome. And but make, there's a lot of people that that's what yeah, they live for. I know. You know? Money is not everything. Um, I heard this great quote. Money just amplifies what you are. Yes. Yeah. Whether yes. it's good or bad. Yeah. 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 So like so, good people with money do good things. Yeah. Usually it amplifies bad. <laughs> anyway, you explained your passions in a little depth and I'm going to go into that too. And then we're going to talk about other reasons why I believe that the metalworking nation should find their passion because I th- think it will. But were you really putting anything into a passion calculator? I Because w- you were I typing really something in. No, I was not. I was just okay. typing down your answers because I'm curious. I had the whole thing yeah. figured out. Yeah. So, you know, I went into the industry and I learned the fundamentals of machining. I did all that. You guys know all know that. That's how I was. And I struggled. I mean, I remember in my mid-20s saying, is this really what I want to do? And I just said, just keep going, car. Just keep going. And something will happen, something will change, and a light bulb will go off. And I knew that it's someday when I took ownership of the business, that's when the passion was going to just amplify. So today, now that I'm the owner of the business since 2004, I fully can exploit those three passions into my business. So music, if you've ever been to my new facility, you know that the music is there, it's pumped in, it's always on. Yeah, you usually have Caleb playing. I do not. I have... Typically, you know, oh, like electronic, you electronic yeah, you used dance. To. That was the old shop. Yeah, that was. But music creates euphoric emotion with me. And, you know, I've been listening to music, all types of music my whole life. That's what I like. That's what makes me happy. Two, marketing. I know that my marketing passion and execution has really helped elevate the car brand over my career. That's what I really like. And that's what I feel passionate about. And I think it's really helped me. Also, this podcast is part of that marketing arm. Mm -hmm. I enjoy doing the podcast. Well, some days I don't, but it's a connected passion for marketing. But manufacturing, so my unwavering passion for the industry, but not necessarily knowing how to operate a CNC machine or picking the right end mill for the job or hiring a new person or prospecting a new customer or doing HR things, all those tasks. My passion for manufacturing is doing what we're doing right this minute. Well, being an advocate. Being an advocate for the industry, because you know what? It's the greatest industry there is. It is, and that's why I wanted to share, and I got those fun facts about manufacturing industry, because I believe that this truly is a dynamic, career-oriented industry that can, you know, keep a mm-hmm. person Absolutely. I mean, we've talked about this before. I know. Manufacturing can pull people out of poverty. It could. You know, Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of testaments to that, that you get an education, you get a job in manufacturing, and you're able to just support and grow your family. Yes. And that's a powerful thing. It more is. so than many, many other industries. Right. So all of you that are listening, you need to be realistic about passions, right? Mm-hmm. Just because you're passionate about football, you know, we know a lot of people that are really passionate about football. It's not realistic to think that at 50 years of age, I never understood you're that. so passionate yeah. about it. I'm yeah. going to be an NFL player. It's not realistic at all. And it's not realistic for a lot of parents to think that their kids are going to be NFL players because I know many parents that were friends of ours that thought their kids were going to be in the NHL, the NBA, the MLB. And zero of them made it. Not even close. They didn't even get to the minor leagues. They might have got to division three. Exactly. Do you guys really know that all jokes aside, my whole life until I was like 
pretty much near the end of high school, I wanted to continue with soccer as far as I could go and maybe go pro. Yeah. I did not think, I did yeah. not and think like, you thought you were that good. Four of the guys like kind of in my group did that. And what level did they advance to? The MLS. One of them played in Europe for a while. Okay. But yeah, like they, so they went pro. Like, I mean, I, and it, that could it, become your passion, but yes. I mean, you need to be realistic. I wasn't even out of high school before I realized like as much as I love this, I'm not good enough to be You would have been more successful exploiting your art passion. Well, that's probably hard not. too. No, he's, <laughs> uh, he's a talented artist. Yeah, but, but that's, you know. You probably aren't going to make money in art. I don't know. I don't, I don't know anything about the art industry. But with that being said, so kind of like the same thing everyone said earlier, we didn't start with this passion for manufacturing, but man, so I talked about like leading this team and having this teamwork energy, right? Mm -hmm. So like so much of why I have that is because of my sports career, you know, just like my team was together all the time. So your passion for sports, you've taken that passion for sports and those elements of that passion you pulled into manufacturing. Yeah, we're competing just like I was competing against other teams. We're competing with other companies and, and, you know, it's a lot of work and you have to hold people accountable and you have to travel together all the time. Like there's so many things that are very similar, you know, so. That's what I'm talking about, Nick. That's exactly what I'm talking about. You're putting in the sweat, the blood, sweat and tears with somebody and now you've got this bond and, and you're all growing together and you're all helping each other it's a team. It's like a football team, right? Scholarship it's, or get to the pros or, you know, get that promotion or, you know, or I mean? get that million dollar order. Exactly. Right. So Jim, one of the things that I've been articulating to my team in our mission statement, part of our mission statement says that we serve people who build great things for the world. So we don't actually make anything ourselves, but we serve people like yourselves that are making parts for robotics or making parts for cars. And when you're in an industry like ours, manufacturing, where you can see the tangible results of what you do in physically with people in the cars that they drive and the robots that are helping them to achieve bigger results. That's a great thing. And one of the things I try to explain to my team from like a passion standpoint is we serve those people. We help them to achieve their goals. And that's a very, very important thing. And when it comes to being passionate about your job and being able to relay that passion to your team, they need to be able to feel that each and every day that they come to work Exactly. or else it just becomes mundane. Mm -hmm. Complacency. And as servant leaders, as people that are serving the manufacturing industry, I think that's really important that they understand that, that like, you know, what we do is very important and you can see the results of that in the clients that we serve. Yep. And I always tell my team, especially during their performance reviews, I say, listen, if you're not feeling your role here at Car Machine, you need to let me know. And we'll either... You'll bring out the hatchet. I will just immediately fire you. That'll be it. No. Yeah. I will, <laughs> you I the will hatchet find man, a new role for you inside of the company. No, you're the guillotine man, right? No, I think you are. Machete. No, called you called me the hatchet. You're the guillotine. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> All jokes aside, I have a real story that happened this week about a key employee who you fired. wanted to go from like a knowledge work role. So when I say knowledge work, I mean like someone who works in SolidWorks or someone who works sure. in MasterCam or some someone who's primarily the doer of the thing. Behind a computer. Yeah. Instead you know. of like a leadership or a director or a manager role. So this they person- have a skill set. Yeah. This person wanted to try out- A manager. Leading the-, oh, the Okay. That, um, they have to have very special- Yeah. And he, and he had been there for a long time. And he's one of those people that's like kind of part of the family in the family business and not going anywhere. And so we were like, hey, why not? You know, this doesn't really seem like his personality, but why not? Why not give him a shot? And it's a lot of work what he moved into and not just a lot of work, but a lot of unnatural work that 
like when you're the director of something, oftentimes you don't really do the thing very often. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're directing. If you're a others, sales manager, you're, you're usually not selling as much as you would. I always if you're a think you're just juggling things. Yeah. And coordinating everyone else who's the doer of the thing that you're directing. <laughs> so I'm just so proud of this person because he came up to me and was like, man, I think I made a mistake. Like I'm so stressed out. This is really, really challenging for me. I get off of work and I just think about like, man, I just want to go back to what I used to do. And I'm oh really god. nervous to have this conversation. I'm like, oh my God, that's the best thing you could have said. By the end of it, we were like, dude, thank you. Cause we felt like it wasn't really working either. And you're so close to us. And so to your point, go and tell me, like if you're working for Jim or me or Jason, like come and tell us, right? How you're doing. Cause you don't want to have people working for you in a position that they're not equipped to be awesome at. Exactly. They don't want to like get home and just kick their dog. You want them to like go home and be like, man, today was awesome. I can't wait for tomorrow. You know what I mean? Yeah. So just kudos to anybody who has the guts to do something like that. He was doing you a disservice really by you, you gave him the opportunity to move into that leadership role. And then he found out, did you realize he was going to fail before you went in? He went into the We were starting to feel like, you know, is this really working out? Oh, but you, we were already starting to think like, okay, maybe we got to kind of, what was that timeline? It was all within six months. So he had had a nice trial period. Yeah. That's a good trial period. And, you know, what I said is like, I'm not going to let you consider this a failure. This is just no, the path that you tried it and you're realizing like, Hey, I was more successful in this path. And he's basically like, I need someone giving me direction. I have a harder time when I'm trying to give all the direction. Mm-hmm. I'm really good at just having what I need to do in front of me and doing a great job going above and beyond in that role. I was like, awesome. I dude. think one of the lessons from this is that you have to be careful of what you think people expect for you. And not everybody should be a leader and not mm-hmm. everybody should have that passion for leadership. And there's nothing wrong for not being the number one guy or being a supervisor of a team. Nothing wrong with that. Yep. Right. You know, there's a lot of great people out there that just have a task driven job or they're craftsmen or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Yep. I agree. So I'm going to leave the metalworking nation with this. When you know you're passionate about something you're doing, when you get that, you feel that emotion within you and it really makes you happy to do what you're doing. Take that emotion, take that task, whatever you just did, and try and implement it into your career and really try and repeat that as often as possible. It's not going to happen all the time. It's not going to happen every day. But more often you can practice that is when you're going to really feel the best success. Because at the end of the day, if you're not happy in your job... You're not making chips. And if you're not making chips... You're not making money. Bam. Bam. Thanks for listening to the Making Chips Podcast. Jim and Jason knew that the metalworking nation, the community of world-class makers, needed to commit to a new way of leading to stay ahead of the competition. So, Making Chips was created to fill that void, to give you advice from other manufacturing leaders who can push you to take action. Your manufacturing challenges have a solution. And many of them are at makingchips.com. Oh, 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 oh,